Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Thank you for the introduction and thank you for the warm welcome. And it's with a great honor I stand in this esteemed pulpit. Maybe you're used to hear the word from this pulpit every Sunday here in New York, but I can tell you the news. All over the world, people are listening to Reverend Jacob, and he is held in high esteem over in Scandinavia. Also pray that you will understand my swinglish. Is that okay so far? You have been listening to ABBA, so you get it. This summer I turned 50, and I'm not sure when they say that 50 is the new 40, but I am very sure that 9 o'clock in the evening is definitely the new, it's too late, I'm going to bed. You know, the ultimate sign that time is flying away and that you and your wife is getting older is that the first conversation in the kitchen every morning is about sleep. We have a little sleep conference, me and my wife in the kitchen every morning, says, how was your sleep? Sleep is very central and sleep is very important to you the older you get. Well, we're in the end of a liturgical year and in the Matthew series, of parables, Jesus is talking a lot about sleep and being awake. Jesus summarizes the parable we listen to today in the gospel reading and saying basically, you sleepers, stay awake. And today, I will therefore say a few things about sleep from this text. Firstly, bad sleep. There is a sleep we should avoid. Secondly, good sleep. There is a rest we should desire. And finally, a final sleep that none of us can escape. Hang with me. First point. The sleep we should avoid. We read in the gospel, as the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. Jesus speaks a lot about the danger with sleeping servants in those parables. Sleepy Christians who get ignorant and sloppy, who grow spiritually cold to all things concerning the kingdom of God. You know, getting tired, that is human. But there's more to it when it comes to spiritual sleepiness. The enemy's primary strategy is not to tempt us into apparent and outrageous sinning. No, no, no. He prefers us to be sleepy, cold, and callous Christians. That's why the exhortations keeps coming in the New Testament from the apostles. Paul is saying to the Romans, know the time. This is the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For now... Your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Stay awake. Peter is saying in 1 Peter 5 and 8, Be sober and alert. 
Why? You, because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Sleepy Christians are cold Christians. Obviously, you know that when you sleep, your body temperature goes down. That's the same in the spiritual realm. When we, having this lullaby into a Christian sleep, our hearts go cold. When we are sleepy, we become ignorant and grow cold and unconscious to God's presence. We become ignorant and grow cold to prayer. And our priorities is set on worldly things. We grow cold and unconscious to God's word, what he says, what he wills, and what he commands. And we become cold and undisturbed by our own sin and waywardness. We, think, we take things for granted when we are cold and sleepy. And God's grace is not gloriously amazing to us anymore. We lose our joy in the Lord and the passion for his work in this world is replaced by other passions. We seek excuses instead of seeking forgiveness. We provide an explanation and seek self-justification instead of coming to confession and receiving absolution. We are like the bridesmaids that need a call of awakening. They were all not just five, all the ten of them fell into sleep. But all of them could wake up hearing at the midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. And I want to proclaim this morning in New York City, here is the bridegroom. Here is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Here is reconciliation. Come and meet him. Tim Keller in this city used to say that in a revival, firstly, sleepy Christians are awakened. Secondly, the nominal Christians get converted. And then finally, the non-Christians get reached. Speaking of sleep, this Friday I was on a plane eight hours from Sweden together with my youngest son. And... I should be totally honest, I am battling jet lag. I fear my own sleep. And I don't trust my own ability to wake up in the morning and getting ready for this. And I don't want to miss out, so that's why I ordered a wake-up call. Not just one, three. <laughs> I need someone outside myself to wake me up. And this is news for you. You and I also need that in a spiritual sense. We shouldn't trust ourselves that we will stay awake. In fact, when we try to stay awake, have you ever tried to stay awake and you cannot go to sleep? You get very tired of staying, trying to stay awake. We need the call from the outside to wake us up. That's why we keep coming back to church Sunday after Sunday to hear the word that awakens me, to hear the word that makes my cold heart warm again, and to hear the word that makes my hard heart soft again. Secondly, the rest that we should all desire. 
we read in the gospel reading, later the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. The reading this morning hits us and would rightly give us all reasons for anxiety and worry. Am I ready? Jesus, do you know me? Am I right with God? Is there oil in my lamp? Am I awake? The Reformation, who we love, was all about rediscovering the assurance of salvation and rest for tormented souls. That the gospel of Jesus' finished work for you is sufficient for your forgiveness and salvation and to make you in the right with God. Luther, he describes that it was like he was fighting what he called the monster of uncertainty. He tried everything the monastery had to offer, but found no peace and no rest for his soul until in the word of God, it was revealed to him that God declares the ungodly justified by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. And that's why Paul is saying in Romans 5.1, Therefore, because of that, having been justified by faith alone, we have peace with God, rest, assurance. There is a big difference, my friend, between sleep and rest. We should all avoid sleep, but we should all desire to get into the rest that is provided by God in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit when he establishes us in the gospel fact it is done. Jesus calls everyone who tries to stay awake by themselves and therefore are tired. Come to me, all you who are tired and exhausted, and I will give you sleep. No, I will give you rest. And you will find rest for your weary souls. In English, you have this beautiful saying we don't have in Swedish, rest assured. Huh? That's right, huh? Rest Assured, there is a theological dynamite in that. Because the only true and remaining rest depends on assurance. And when you are assured that you are reconciled with God, not because of you, but because of the work done by Christ for you, you will discover true rest. Hearing the parable of the wise and the foolish bridemaids, we might be tempted to figure out which kind of bridemaid am I? Am I the foolish or am I secure and am I among the wise? To do that, we look at ourselves. Do we have enough? Have we done enough, loved enough, cared enough and been faithful enough? The problem is the more we focus on ourselves, the less certain we are and the more we fear 
that we probably belong among the foolish bridemaids. The good news, my friend, today. Instead, Jesus wants to turn our attention to himself. Rather than asking, what kind of bridesmaid am I? Jesus invites us to see what kind of bridegroom he is. He is the bridegroom whose love will never grow weary, whose promise will always hold true and stand fast. He loves us and he is coming to meet us. The more we look at the bridegroom, the more we restfully will awake and the more our assurance is resting on him, his person, and his promises instead of on our performance as a bridesmaid. This rest we should all desire, and it's all available for you in Christ's finished work for you. Lastly, the final sleep none of us can escape. I am Swedish, Swedish so let me be blunt. You will die. <laughs> Some of you will leave this earthly life way too young. And I'm not cruel. That's just the statistic and the fact. Some of you, you are in that age where you visit more funerals than weddings. Death cannot be avoided. Death is completely democratic in one way and equally distributed no matter what zip code you live in, no matter who you are, we're all going to die. And that should make all of us worried. I don't know, but it, it's not only the actual dying that perhaps is the biggest problem. I think it's the presence and reminder of the unavoidable death while we're still alive that makes our life miserable. And it hangs as a constant fear over our lives. In today's epistle reading, we read Paul saying to the Thessalonians, we do not want you to be informed about those who are asleep. That you may not grieve as others do that have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Hallelujah. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. The Lord himself we descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with a voice of an archangel, and with the sound of a mighty trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ, those who have fallen asleep in Christ, will rise. Here's the good news for you. Every baptized believer has already encountered death. And therefore, death 
is in one way not in front of you, it's already behind you. Because in the holy waters of baptism, you have already died and being buried with Christ. But you have also been risen together with Christ. And that's why Paul says, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead, certainly we shall also rise with him. What a glorious hope for the final sleep that none of us can escape. Let me finish. When I was a little boy, going away on a road trip with my parents or going home for a long ride, I was in the back seat, it was dark night, and I fell asleep the way just kids can do in the back seat. Have you been there? And then, every time, there was a miracle taking place. Because the next morning, without me knowing how or who, I woke up in my bed. Well, it can sound funny, but this is serious. I found out. I fell asleep at the journey in the darkness. But I had somebody that took me up and carried me asleep to wake up in my own home, in my own room, to a new glorious day where I belong. I was carried by my Father. And this is the good news for you, my friend. We will all fall asleep and die. We are all in the same boat. But the difference is those dead or fallen asleep in Christ will rise. So my question is, are you assured? Have you received the good news that when you fall asleep in the back seat on the way home, there is nothing to fear because of the finished work of Christ and by Christ for you. He will carry you home and wake you up to a new glorious future in the room where you belong. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.